Welcome to the podcast by Pleasant Valley, where we talk about biblical truth, address your questions, and seek to help you fall deeper in love with Jesus. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the Pleasant Valley podcast. Uh, We're excited to bring you information, interviews with various individuals that we love in the life of our church on topics that interest you, topics of concern. So I'm with uh, a friend, a mentor, uh, Albine, who is a member of our church, has been for years uh, not only a deacon but served as a community group leader, uh, community group director. Prior to that, knowing uh, Al from being my professor at Midwestern Seminary, he served as pastor of churches as well as an Old Testament professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary here in Kansas City. So, Dr. Bean, thank you for joining me for uh, a great uh, conversation about something that really is on the minds of people maybe peaked uh, recently because of all of the things happening in Afghanistan and COVID. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about end times. Yeah. And so I'll just jump right in with some questions that we can explore together. With everything that's going on in the world today, some people wonder if we're living in what's been called the end times. And so... Uh, what would you say? How would you respond to that? Well, and as I have indicated many times before, I have to start out with a disclaimer that I do not know, and therefore I in no way would say we are not living in the end times. What I do recognize from Scripture is that there will be an end to human history. There's an end to the reality that we know, uh, and God's eternity is already planned out in the mind of God. I also want to make sure that uh, that we th- recognize that evangelicals typically agree on some things and disagree on others. We agree, for instance, that there will be a sudden personal uh, appearance of Jesus Christ, that uh, his second coming will come, and we should be eagerly longing for that time. We should be looking forward for it and anticipating it. We don't know when it's going to come. Mm-hmm. But we know it will come and judgment will follow after that. Now, evangelicals, Bible believers of all stripe also disagree on such things as what are the signs of his return and the end of the age. And uh, even if we agree on what the signs are, have they been fulfilled? Are they being fulfilled? And so there is a, a real interest and a temptation sometimes to try to match the headlines or the evening news with what we've read in Daniel or Revelation, Ezekiel, whatever we might be looking for in Scripture. So as far as, as far as my personal opinion, as far as the way I read Scripture and the way I read current events, uh, these are probably not the end times. But we'll come at the end of our time together, we'll come about what if they are. Mm-hmm. And we'll give some some uh, attention to how do we live if they are the end times. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't the first generation that has had concerns, and this isn't the first time within this generation that the question of are we living in end yeah. times yeah. Uh, based on everything that we see. So uh, you've, you've, uh, you've, observed this, you've experienced this uh, in your own journey, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this isn't a brand new question. No, that's, that's true. Uh, as I was mentioning to you sometime earlier, 
uh, I can remember uh, going all the way back to the days, of, waning days of World War II, the fact that they thought this might be the culmination, the wars and rumors of wars and so. And then come along comes the Cold War and all the chaotic experiences in the world today. Uh, and so just out of curiosity, I looked on the internet recently and uh, uh, looking for, not for mistakes or errors, what I was looking for is how long, how far back has this gone? And, and I was surprised to find out in the second Christian century, uh, back in the AD 100s, there was a Christian sect that called the Montanists and they said, uh, Jesus is coming again. Our generation, let's pull out of society here. Jerusalem's going to come down, and we're off and running. Well, uh, they were wrong, as were the people in the Dark Ages who expected simply because things were going so badly, it, it must be the end of the age. Had the same problem in the Crusaders back in, in uh, uh, roughly 1200 A.D. Had problems all in 1500, 1800, and now we're down to the 20th and the 21st century. So we've seen all these errors, but there, and we want to make sure that we don't mock people trying to understand this simply because they were wrong. We've got that 2020 hindsight mm -hmm. that says, well, they were wrong this time. Mm -hmm. Are they wrong next time? Well, we don't know. But it's, it's not a new phenomenon anyway. Uh, people have always been interested in it, maybe explore that just a little bit, always been interested, and, uh, and consequently many people have tried to make some predictions, sometimes based on the physical world, sometimes based on scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, I can still recall very well when Israel was uh, uh, created as a nation after World War II, and they, many people thought that was the, the triggering factor and all kinds of predictions, well, Jesus has to come back within one generation of the foundation of the state of Israel. Well, we're well past one generation, and he has seen fit not to come yet. Yeah. But we're, we're not going to mock them. We're just going to say, okay, they, they tried and misread something, misunderstood something. Well, I know just um, I've had to confess that uh, my own uh, sinfulness uh, – has been to kind of in my own mind uh, think of those individuals as, uh, you know, kooks. <laughs> I'm just being <laughs> honest with you. Kooks or crazy <laughs> because the Bible's pretty clear that no one knows the That's day right. or the yeah. hour. Yeah. Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, it's not about you knowing the times. Mm -hmm. It's about a mission. Yeah. It's about yeah. receiving the Holy Spirit and doing what I want you to do and not getting enamored with that. But I can understand why folks have, because as mm -hmm. you said, when you look at the events yeah. of the day and you start wondering mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. fear rises right. in you because there's so much unknown and we look at the scriptures and it certainly the scriptures speak to it, but maybe not with the kind of absolute clarity that we would want it to because we want things all figured yeah. out we yeah. want to we that's want right. all the dots connected that's right. maybe because yeah. we don't want to have to live by faith i don't know but we'd like to have all the dots connected so maybe that would uh, cause our fears to to subside a bit because of the unknown well, you know you know the bible is uh, is often often refuses to answer our questions we've got the questions mm -hmm. 
but uh, God's not willing to give the answers. Right. I, I think in, in getting back to why we do this so, so often, I think in some ways there's an inborn desire, not so we know the future, but for those who become believers, there's an inborn desire to know what eternity is like and when is it going to start. Ecclesiastes talks about eternity being mm-hmm. placed in our heart. And uh, so there's a kind of inborn thing. And then, as you indicated, the, the historical phenomena, we don't know what's going on, and all of a sudden we're afraid. And then there are a few people, and I've, I've also been guilty of being much more critical, critical than I should be, uh, many people want to make end times a biblical trivia game. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the questions I have in my own mind, I have my own answer to it, is to what extent can we take the portions of the Old Testament that reflect this, the second part of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel, some portions perhaps of Isaiah, can we somehow merge them then with the Gospels and Jesus speaking and then with the book of Revelation. And I think sometimes we really need to look at those individually, ask what is the message, and then if we see some correlation, some connection, to move beyond that. But, but uh, God did not give us the book of Revelation to make us Bible whizzes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And then... As with all good biblical interpretation, uh, you never just base anything on a right. verse yep. or just on one book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we have the 66 that right. our job is to go, how do all of these things fit together and what are the, what are the means by which is good biblical interpretation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think about, you know, Paul was pretty clear that he could see the imminent return mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the folks like in the, the Thessalonican church, yeah. they kind of went to seed on that and viewed that in That's a certain right. way, mm-hmm. like let's don't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Paul was pretty clear that we are to look for the return. And maybe the, con- the confusion or the question is in places in the, in the Bible, it is, so certain of its eminence that's right mm-hmm. that uh, but every generation has been looking now and that's appropriate that every generation should every generation of believers should have some anticipation because one of the things that Jesus said was you guys need to be ready right well if he were speaking to the 12 or to a host of people and saying you need to be ready then here we are 2000 years later we need to be ready right. yeah. Yeah. i know that often over the course of the history of the church, people have tried to identify the Antichrist. That's been one of the things, and that often is, okay, looking at, and, and we could probably go through a list of whether it yeah. was the Pope or whether it was Hitler or whether it was Gorbachev with the thing on his forehead yeah. or any number of folks. And so uh, rather than attempting to identify individuals, mm-hmm. what I've heard you say is, there is a necessity for us to always be ready. And so readiness isn't so much going, okay, I can now identify all of these signs in Revelation. It's not really about that at all. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you can do when you take 666 and you start playing with the alphabets. 
Uh, one of the things I discovered in, in looking back at the history of this interpretation, in 1666, they thought that's it. Oh, okay. this is the end, you know, this is the year of the Antichrist, so the Lord's going to return. But you're right, uh, we've tried to, to adapt everything from, from Caesar Augustus to, uh, uh, to modern-day people. One of my favorites is uh, Kitzinger was uh, referred to in, in some writings as the Antichrist because I guess it's foreign policy. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, coming down, coming down to kind of where we are now, uh, again, one of the things I discovered in just reading around and, and thinking about what we we're going to talk about today, there, uh, there was a March 2020 poll conducted, and it said that 44% of the Americans see the coronavirus pandemic and this year's economic roller coaster as either a wake-up call to faith or a sign of God's coming judgment or both. Now, this was not just believers. This was not just Christians. It turns out that there are, are unbelievers who all they know about the, the Bible has, that has a book called Revelation in it that, uh, that they're concerned also. And so that prompted me to, to begin a trail of, of why now? Why, why is it on our radar? Why is it so close to us right now? And uh, reminds me of what? Uh, somebody said just recently about globalization. I think one of the factors that has made us hypersensitive is the fact that we do have instantaneous knowledge of what's going on wherever in the world. And and by the time, if you try sorting it out, well, how much chaos, how many wars, rumors, pandemics, earthquake off Acapulco yesterday, 7.1 or so, uh, hurricanes, all of these kinds of things, famines, uh, it, it's got to be, it's got to be the end of the age. Mm -hmm. Not only that, there's political chaos, economic chaos, and so it has to be the end, which shows a profound lack of knowledge about history, mm -hmm. and especially about church history. When you think of what what the church has endured from the time of Christ until today, what the church has gone through, in terms of its good times and its tough times, its persecution, its successful moves, successful moves of the Spirit. Uh, sometimes what we really need to do is just step back a little ways, turn off the TV, fold up the newspaper, put the magazine away, uh, turn off the cell phone, and just think about, okay, what is life like right now as we are experiencing it? Other lands are experiencing expressions of the church and expressions of Christ's presence, the Spirit's presence, they're experiencing it in different ways. So as, as long as we're full up to here, up to, up to uh, eye level with uh, what's going on in the world, we're going to be off base. And one particular factor of what I call globalization has to do, I, I also call nationalism. As I listen to what people talk about in recent history, I mean, we're talking my generation and younger, uh, they cannot imagine a world in which the United States is not number one. Therefore, if we can't be number one, it must be the end of the age. Mm. After all, we are God's last best chance, <laughs> or so we think. Uh, but in fact, God has used throughout, throughout history, he's used nations. And in fact, I've come to believe regarding not only end times, but other ways that God uses history. 
that God's not in the business of saving nations. God's in the business of saving people. And God uses nations. As long as we've had nations, God has used nations to bless, to discipline, mm -hmm. uh, to lead people, to care for people. So we've got some things going on now that do uh, make us aware of. And one other factor that I, that I have to chime in, uh, some of us have heard of a Left Behind series mm -hmm. of novels, movies, and so on, roughly the end of the 20th century, beginning of the 21st century. And I think that in some ways set us up to look for a particular way of reading end times. And I'm, I'm not criticizing the books or, or, uh, or the authors at all, but they were so popular and they were so dramatic, these, and they kind of prepared us, okay, now if somebody said, you need to be the, read the book of Revelation, well, you read it with a framework. You read it with a particular perspective. Mm -hmm. And when we read the Bible for a, from a particular perspective, we find what we're looking for, mm -hmm. which is not good. So uh, uh, no, no complaints about, uh, about the authors of the Left Behind series. It did make some people think, right. and I'm sure it led some people to the Lord. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. I do remember back at Y2K in a previous church experience, there was an unbelieving family that I had gotten acquainted with through T-Ball. And uh, there was a lot of fear-mongering that was going on about Y2K in terms of the end of mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. and all of that. And I do remember one of the, you know, this is, this is God at work with all of the fear that was going on and all of the promoting of what did not come true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about the That's end right. of the world mm -hmm. uh, was that Rhonda and Chuck uh, got very interested in exploring the faith, and they eventually, because of that, uh, came to a point of receiving Jesus Christ oh. in their life. And mm -hmm. so there's mm -hmm. a sense in which you know, God is sovereign over things, and God can even use our obsession with yeah. certain yeah. things and maybe even our misinterpretation mm -hmm. of the times. He's going to use that for his glory. And so uh, that was a redeeming oh, yeah. event oh, yeah. that yeah. I will always remember yeah. because, you know, back in 1999, there mm -hmm. was all of this fear oh, yes. that was oh, yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so as you, as you think about where we are and you think about what has been the ongoing interest mm -hmm. in this over the generations, um, really it's a call to act in a certain way. If the historical belief of the church, if, if what we would call orthodox his, history, orthodox theology, the creeds of the church has been... Uh, we believe uh, that Jesus is going to come to judge the living mm -hmm. and the dead. Mm -hmm. That's right. we, we believe that he will return, right. and there's the belief that he, God will yeah. establish a new heaven and a new earth. With all of that yeah. being said, uh, the question you raised was really, what are we, what are we doing what with do, that? How do, do we live yeah, do knowing do that? And, and as you were talking about that incident uh, in the church where you served, one of the things that we need to see is 
instead of focusing on ourselves and and the Christians are getting a bad rap and we're regarded as intolerant and so on and people are saying we don't need the church anymore. We need to see this as an opportunity because as I indicated in that poll, it's not just Bible believers or Bible readers who are concerned about it. People expect some kind of apocalyptic event. Mm-hmm. And consequently, we we need to be able, number one, to say where our hope is. Mm-hmm. Use, use Peter's uh, great injunction to be able to, to, to explain to people, to tell them to defend our faith, mm-hmm. but with, with, uh, with gentleness and with respect. So we need, to, we need to see this as an opportunity, not to flee from it, but to do that, we have to get loose from any fear that we have. And that fear goes back to our understanding of, is God in fact sovereign? Is God in charge? And all of us want to say, yes, yes, well then, why are we concerned about this? Why are we concerned about this aspect of life or this aspect of history? We have to recognize that. So this is an opportunity by which we can reach out to people. Uh, we're going to have, if, if we think about it and if we listen carefully, we'll have people reading the book of Revelation. That's the only book in the Bible they've ever read. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. And so we need to help them not so much decode it, which is what people always want to do, match events and current events, but to find the message. Uh, you know, and I've I've uh, talked to un- to unbelievers many times, and they'll bring up the Book of Revelation. And I said, Yeah, I know what it's all about. You know what it's all? Oh, tell me what it's all about. <laughs> it's all about God winning. Yes. And if you don't get that message, don't bother with the rest of it. It won't do you any good. Right. So that opportunity is is there. We need to be able to use that opportunity. Another thing that I was reading about recently that uh, gives another perspective to the globalization. The, there is a rise in the numbers of global Christianity. Christian, global, globally, Christianity is growing perhaps faster than it ever has. But certainly, we don't read about those things. We read about the terrorists who are afflicting the church in one place or another. But we don't recognize, we don't get the data that tells us, all right, whole swaths of Africa and South America and in the Far East, uh, the church is blossoming under great persecution many times. But, uh, but God, is using these, God is using these times then to remind us that the church is going to endure. And Jesus said his church would prevail and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. So the idea that somehow here we are, woe to us, the United States of America, because we're going down the tube. Not true. The church is going to endure. We know that. That's a good word because what I hear sometimes from individuals is the kind of uh, almost defeatist fear that the church yes. is not going to survive. Yes, that's right and that we're going to get swallowed up into a godless world and be defeated. And I think going back to what Jesus said in Matthew 16 when he said, this is, I'm going to establish my church, mm-hmm. I'm going to build it. That's right. And, you know, it's not so much that the gates of hell uh, are going to be able to beat us down, but uh, the gates of hell aren't going to be able to prevail against right. the church. It's That's just right. ex- exactly. That's right. 
yeah. the the opposite. If we if we look at the New Testament, what were what would have been some of the things? What are some of the things like Paul's admonition, Jesus' admonition, as there is the awareness of the end times, mm -hmm. the, the call for us in terms of behavior yeah, yeah. is what? Yeah. Well, I, I happen to have my Bible here open here because I, I was looking at it earlier this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul is talking about the resurrection and, and the resurrection of the dead as well as the, as the going of the living to meet Christ in the air. And he ends that particular, ends 1 Corinthians 15 with these words, Therefore, my beloved brethren, because of all this I have told you about end times, all I've told you about resurrection, all I've told you about the change that we have to undergo before we enter, in, enter into eternity. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Well, Peter added, in Second Peter, he added that also. He said the world is going to blow up essentially. It's going to be destroyed by heat. Everything is going to, go, going to change. But in the, what we do in preparing for it is to look forward to that day and prepare today to use the opportunity that's ours, to be steadfast, to make sure if the world and the people around us are going into destruction, they should not go without a witness. A witness in word, a witness in lifestyle, uh, and don't be too concerned about our ability or inability to predict what's going to happen in 2025 or 2030 or so, the years that we can't even imagine. But be prepared to, that's the one thing, you know, Jesus said, don't, don't bother trying to figure it out. Nobody knows. But be prepared. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. If you look at Matthew chapter 24, uh, which is where Jesus brings together uh, sayings about the fall of the temple and the end of the age and so on, it's immediately followed by all these parables on be prepared, be ready, uh, serve responsibly. Don't, don't beat your fellow slaves. Make sure that your lamps are prepared. All of these things. Uh, and then the judgment that comes after that because it's not going to be wasted. So these, sound, these seem like chaotic times and, and fearful times, but the fear, as, as Paul reminded, God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's right. Uh, but we have courage, we have a sound mind, and we have God's word, and we have God's spirit also within us. And so we listen, and if anything, we double down on an attempt to reach the people around us. I've got a, got a whole circle of my neighbors, and as far as I can tell, none of them are believers. And I, I, I keep telling God, I, I don't want them in hell, and hell was not built for them. And so whether the end of the age is tomorrow or whether the end of the age is a thousand years from now, uh, the message is much the same. Mm -hmm. So you and I are, for many people, advanced scouts simply because we've, uh, we've got a little more tire tread on us. We've, we've been a little <laughs> bit further down the road in terms of years. And I think... Uh, Again, we're in a series about generations and about passing the baton of the faith on to the generations that come after us. And I know that we have a good number of folks that are, uh, uh, are Gen Z and millennial. And 
Um, so they, they don't have all of the history, maybe are, are not as uh, conversant with all of the things that have happened in the past in mm -hmm. church history mm -hmm. as well. But if we were just sitting down with them, and let's say they were somebody we were mentoring, or say it was a, a grandson or a great-granddaughter, mm -hmm. And they brought this topic up to us. What would be one thing that you would want to say to them about a concern they might have about the end times and mm. how to how to live uh, with that kind of hope that we're talking about? One thing I I, I want them to understand who God is and that He is a God of justice, but he is also a God of love and a God of mercy. God is, is not determined to destroy. God is determined to create and to renew and to renovate and to, and to give us an eternity that he wants us to have. And what they're facing right now is, and I think I want to go back a little bit to back off a little bit and don't get caught up so deeply in what's going on worldwide, or even what's going on in our own culture right here in the United States. This is a wave. But if history has anything to say, if human history has anything to say to us, it is the waves come and waves go. And so to the, to the extent that you sell yourself to the spirit of the age, sell yourself to the spirit of fear, or I've got to figure it out, or I, I, won't, I can't handle it, so far as we go in that direction, uh, we cannot, in fact, prepare our hearts for Christ's coming, whether it's soon or, or far off. And, and one other little tag I want to put on that is something that, that brought to mind. We can't let the church do all the teaching and all the modeling for our young people. In my ministry, I've seen too many times when we brought kids to Sunday school or to, or to children's activities and brought our teenagers to a small group and things of that nature and kind of expected, well, the church is going to teach them all they need to know. No, no, because the church does a good job, but the church is relying upon parents, uncles, grandparents being able to, to encourage to model, to sustain the faith. And what, what uh, young people need, depending upon the age, what young people need is they need a model of somebody who has walked as long as they can see, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, mm -hmm. and found Christ to be satisfying. Well, that's such a good word. That's just that's such a good word. Um, I would not want... Uh, the generations that we're passing the baton to and hopefully modeling the faith for to live in fear or without hope uh, at all considering the events That's of right. the day or the things that we cannot control. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be uh, glib in saying that History is moving toward an end mm -hmm. that God designs, mm -hmm. or that that uh, that I don't I don't know all of the activity yeah. of God, but I do know that He is the God that is over history, and 
Uh, I want to say uh, I don't know that all of the things that happen every day are so predetermined that we don't have any choice. I don't want to go yeah. down that road, right. but mm -hmm. I do want to say that based upon uh, uh, who God is and the, the events of history, that it's moving in a direction and um, that God is Lord over all of history. If our belief is that God is good, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and our belief truly is that God created all of this and God is sustaining all of this, then I don't need to become worried mm -hmm. that he can't mm -hmm. handle That's right. what is coming up because things have been bad, as you said. Mm -hmm. There have been waves of bad stuff yeah. over the centuries. Yeah. We just know more about them instantaneously right. than we yes, ever we do before. Mm -hmm. But I would want my grandchildren, uh, the young people I mentor, to know God's got this, mm -hmm. and we can trust him, mm -hmm. although I can't see That's right. yeah. or even make sense of all of the things mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. you, know, it, it's, you know, people uh, will often ask me questions about biblical prophecy, and, and I keep telling them, and you may remember this from a class or two, the prophets speak about the future to change the present. So if if God tells you, implies something to you, the focus is on the present, not the future. It's not sit down, twiddle the thumbs, and wait. It's get ready mm -hmm. and endure and lead on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, just to go back and reiterate, uh, the book of Revelation or the revelation of the Spirit of God to John that uh, God wins in this. That's right. Uh, and we can have confidence, and uh, that should enable us to go, okay, let's live confidently today yeah, that's with right. our eyes on the future. That's right. It might be great for you if you'd be willing to uh, just do this to, to close our time in prayer. Pray for those individuals who... Uh, like all of us have questions and then for those individuals that maybe are uh, overly concerned and fearful yeah all right glad to do so father we thank you that you have brought us together thank you for the presence of your spirit as we converse as we confess the things that we do not know but father we also have the joy of affirming what you have taught us and what you have left for the ages and the generations. We do pray this morning, Heavenly Father, for those who are so caught up with a spirit of fear, so caught up in the confusion, the chaos of what seems to be going on around us, that think we think this happened, or that they think it has to be the worst times ever. And yet, Father, we do know from the history you've preserved for us that these good times and difficult times blessed times and opportune times, they do come. And so we pray for them. And for that, we ask that you would give us the courage and the boldness to speak to our brothers and sisters around us, to speak to our friends, our employers, employers and employees, and show our faith by not only by what we say or by the Bible we carry, but to show our faith by what we do and what we model. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for parents who are trying to raise up their children in the way they should go. We thank you for grandparents, Father, who are 
willing to give their time and their, and their effort in the years remaining to them to shape their families. Well, Father, we know that you are among us and that you are with us. And as you give us the ability and the courage, we will endure. And we will praise your name forever and ever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Bean, for being You're with welcome. us. I want to thank all of you who have uh, taken the time to enjoy another Pleasant Valley podcast. We'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. Thank you for joining us for the podcast by Pleasant Valley. If you want to hear more from us, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, pleasantvalley.org. God bless.